The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. First hand, let's start off with what's current. It's always important to address the current events that's taking place in our world to know the past and know the future and how we see things. People have their own little personal mentality, hang-ups, you might want to say, about religion and politics. You can't mix religion and politics. That's wrong to do. You really are showing how ignorant you are. The church is full of politics. The gyno, the bishop who addressed these problems with the church and with the pope, involves a degree of politics. The thing about politics and religion is there's good politics and there's bad politics. That's what you don't want in the church. We got some bad politics happening in the church. We got people in there like a mafia, a bondable mafia, protecting and having a structure actually in the church to protect people. See, that's bad. You got good politics. What you have when a pope being elected, they are voting. Everything's got politics in it. What your aversion should be is not what's going on two days ago in our midterm election. That's part of the good politics. We have to identify these things. 
when is it good, when it's bad. You want to expel the rest. You do want to have a hang-up about the bad politics and get rid of it. What is bad politics? I want this person with an agenda, which we can identify now toward darkness. That's what you don't want mixing up religion or Christians to be active in. But the good side is we need to get out there and vote, and we need to change things. And Our Lady has told us many things that draws us to this position. Did you know Donald Trump has done more to free up and open up Christians and their protection than the last several presidents together, even counting Ronald Reagan? He is full force on protecting Christians and giving them the right to live their life. That life was represented two days ago. There was a great win in the Senate, picking up three senators, which is going to get Trump everything he needs. Out of 11 who are running for the Senate, nine of them made it, two lost. Out of those nine, they asked Trump to come campaign for them. All those won. The two that didn't, didn't want to be stigmatized with Trump. That's politics. We don't want you. We're running for the Republican office, but we don't want nothing about you. And they lost. I think in the nine, there may have been one that was endorsing Trump, but he barely made it if he did it. I don't recall exactly the facts, but I'm bringing up a point of what's taking place is if our lady's going to change the world, it can't be without the change that we see happening. Change is coming. The House of Representatives was lost to the Democrats, but it's the lowest loss in, I think, over 100 years. Why is that important? Because it shows the influence of Trump. Obama lost 62 people in the midterm. He only lost 27. So we're poised to walk toward being freer as Christians under Trump and this new Senate and in a position that we haven't been in decades. And of course, we haven't been in the conditions we're in now. So why is this important? Well, Trump's going to have something to resist because the Democrats are so dark in what they're doing and what their agendas are that he's going to have somebody to blame on these problems because they're going to be blocking him like a wall constantly. This is going to set up two years from now for the presidential race to get more of what our principles are adopted. This is where our lady's leading us. And for you to think, if you got this mentality, oh, well, we shouldn't mix religion with politics, is from the left. That's the ideology that they want you to adopt. They applaud a Christian every time he says that because they don't want your Christian values, your Christian principles in politics. You're feeding the enemy if you've got that mentality. And I'm telling you now, get rid of it. And if you don't, you won't identify the problems. We have to be active. We have to be involved. We have to be voting. And we have to be encouraging and educating people and our youth, our kids, and teach these things because we've got some youth that the Democrats did get in was through the young people. They don't have any concept of socialism. There's no remembrances about being like I was around my dad with communism or even being alive during communism when it was doing threatening the whole world and to destroy it. They're voting now, and they're not equipped with the right mentalities, except the government should do this for me. The government should do health care. All these things are important to understand because our ladies cost our radical in view, and we have to be active. And to be active, we are being forced by darkness to stand up. So I want to say real clearly, if you have an aversion and you have 
a mentality against religion and politics, you got to separate what is politics. There's two kinds, the one of light and the one of darkness. And we're walking that. You say, well, we don't endorse a Republican Party. Their platform is Christian. The Democrat platform is not Christian. It's very vile. You cannot vote for a Democrat at all. You don't have to vote for a Republican. And some of the Republicans do not represent the platform. And we should be against them and replace them with someone else. But the platform is based in Christian principles. So there's only one way you can do as a Christian. There's only one way you can vote as a Christian. The candidate may not be good. And if you want to, go to an independent. Because they don't reflect these things where a chartered belief system. So you can say, was God a Republican? Not any way. Can you say, Kendo's a Christian? Not any way. But they have in the tenets, love thy brother. Muslims have the Ten Commandments, same thing we do. The Republican Party has the principles of what we believe. So we can endorse that, and we can be for it. But not in a nationalist way, but in a patriotic way. Nationalism is now being used to describe people who love their nation, who used to be called the virtue of patriotism. It's verbiage. Now, I'm not speaking about verbiage about this. I'm talking about real things. The Republican Party is the only thing, and independent if you have somebody who's got the right principles, is the only thing you can go to. So I wanted to start this broadcast off, not to get into politics, but to show you, you better be in politics for the future, because there's things coming our way, and the way we're going to be living, and it's going to be very different. What would you say if our lady said, you're going to be called to a new life? What would that mean? We live so radically different from past civilizations that we're living a new life. So why would she come in this time, what she did on October 25th, 2018, and say, you have a great grace being called to a new life? What does that mean? We got a choice. We can accept it or we don't. On March 21st, 1985, our lady said, accept me, dear children, that it might go well with you. So she's calling us to a new life just recently, and then she says, accept me, that it might go well for you. What do you have to do for that? She adds to that, that it might go well with you. Listen to my messages. Let's go back to this October 25th, 2018 message. You have a great grace being called to a new life. She means you to do that. Listen to my messages. So it might go well for you. It's real simple. It's straightforward. We have to start something different. We have to be living different. Sometimes we see people that don't even have God. They're not a Christian civilization, but they're more smarter than we are. You know what's happening in China right now? China just freezed new video games. The state has criticized these games as addictive and violent. They're looking after the morals of the people, the well-being. You say, well, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. What they're doing right now, they're instituting that any children who are 13 to 18 be allowed to play two hours max with video games. Those who are under 12 are allowed only one hour. And if you exceed that limitations, what 12 years or under can do daily, they have a verification system that would check the players, their identities, and match them up with a database. And they'll stop them from playing it. And they expect in China to expand this in 2019 to all titles. Wow. 
They see what we don't see. You say, well, this is America. They're an oppressive state. Well, that's censorship. What is censorship? Censorship is a good thing. The FCC still today practice censorship. You can't be vile on the radio. There are things on the public airways that can't be said. We've always had this. But censorship has been made a bad word. But it's really just defined that the right of the government to protect the morals of the people. That's what it's about. China is looking to protect these youth from what they say is a health system problem. So this oversight over video games is from the national government because it is addictive and they want ID verification for this. We have almost 400 million people in our population across the United States. But just in China, 600 million are gamers and they're into this constantly. This is going to be an oversight over hundreds of millions of people. One of the main games they have problems with is called Honor of Kings. It's become so popular among the Chinese students that they're skipping homework. They play late into the night. So they're going to limit somehow the ability to play this game. They're also barred between 9 p.m. at night to 8 a.m. They're staying up all night. They're having trouble at school. So these youngsters that's doing these things is looked out by the government as a protection that the whole society of China is paying close attention to. So the companies that's doing this, China's saying you have an obligation of responsibility because you're harming these children. So they've identified this as a health system problem, and they now are pledging, the company is, to apply cutting-edge technology in the future to protect these kids. It's destroying the kids. So they can see this, and we don't. And then I acted on Christian principles, but they know this is harmful to the society. And yet we let go unlimited what our kids do. The parents don't control the children. I was on a plane two days ago, flying back from Medjugorje. And I saw a businessman who looked to be 35 to 40 years of age. And I sat next to another guy, same age, well-kept businessman. And before the plane took off, we sat there 30 minutes while people load up. He was playing these stupid little games on his phone. Across the aisle, I could see it. He did it the whole flight, in the air, and landing, right up to the gate. The guy next to me did the same thing. This is grown men doing this. I look at that and think, what are they doing? The nuns always taught us, idleness is the devil's workshop. You say, well, so they're not idle. Yes, it is. This is nothing. It's ludicrous. So parents out there have to have censorship. The government used to do that. They don't practice it now. And it's something important. It goes back to ancient Rome. Ancient Rome defined a censor as someone who inspects the manners of the citizens with the power to censor vice and immorality. You think, well, pagan Rome was not that way. They had more common sense. They lived in a grand way. They knew there were certain things that had to be protected in the culture. You think Rome was just debauchery? They were civil in a lot of areas. There was order. Some of the statues we have today come from the Roman Empire. There was order. And there was an interest to protect society. All the way to Rome, China's doing it, but we're just free reign. Kids can get on these phones. You have no restrictions. You tell them, but you can't enforce it. And people will condemn China. They're smarter than we are. They know the future generation is in trouble. And our lady's smarter than we are. And that's why she says, October 25th, 2018, you have a great grace of being called to a new life through the messages, not through the stupid phones, not through this way of life that you have allowed to control your life. 
through my messages which I am giving you. This little children is a time of grace, a time and a call to conversion for you and the future generations. So this is about life in the future. You're not going to be in the system we live by now and the things that we're using now. How do I know that? Because she says, you're being called to a new life now. So what we live now and we continue it won't be a new life. So something's going to happen that's going to bring us to a new way of life. And that's what we're doing in community. And what is it for? For you today and for our future generations. We're not going to be living the way we live now. You think so? You think you can keep all your pictures on a phone and you're going to have them and no photograph albums? You're going to lose all your history. You better get some printed out. You better go 10 volumes and start putting these things in your photo albums because we're going to change and it's going to be like lightning striking faster than you can imagine. Accept me, dear children, that it might go well with you. Listen to my messages. So you have to take these things to heart. For it to go well, you have to be listening to the messages. I'm calling you to a new life. How? Through the messages. I've repeated this in the last several broadcasts because this message is critical. The time now is a call to conversion. You are to convert from the way you live now, how you do your daily chores, your work, your hobbies. Convert from that. A conversion process necessitates when you change on a symbol line from one car to another model they're making, retrofitting the whole environment to another program to be able to make these automobiles. And that's kind of a thread in everything in production. And so the production that's coming to us in a new life is going to require you to retrofit your life now so that you can start living that now in the time of grace. Or if you don't, and you don't accept the messages, it's not going to go well for you. You're going to be with nothing, no photographs, no way to eat, no way to earn your keep, because all that system is going to fall. We know we have a corrupt system. We know the economic system identified by Our Lady, 1989, to Ivanka, in a message. Satan has special plans to enslave you through materialism. That's driven by our economy that we have now. It's not going to stay that way. And you've got to make decisions now to change that. It's Our Lady who said, February 25th, 2007, Do not forget, little children, your freedom is your weakness. You're free to stay on these hours and hours on these electronics. And it's your weakness. And you're preoccupied. It has not only your attention, but your whole focus. Your eyes through the hours stares at these things. And that's why China, in their common sense and practical protection of their youth, are imposing limits because they're staying up all night, falling asleep in the classrooms. You think that's good? Well, I'd rather have that than have censorship. Censorship has always been with us. And if we're moral people, the censorship is something of a nature that protects you. We want censorship. It is a good thing. You say it's not a good thing in bad people's hands. Well, the communists put out negative things against censorship. There is a negative censorship and a positive censorship. We have to practice that in your family. We practice it in the community. You have to practice it in your work. There's things you have to censor. There's behaviors that we want to censor. Why? To protect the manners of the citizens that we are propagating something for our youth that's wholesome and help them grow up strong. That they themselves will invigorate the culture 
and lift it higher to the joys of life. But you say, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, then don't do that. August 25th, 2013, Our Lady says, I do not desire for you, dear children, to have to repent for everything that you could have done but did not want to. Preceding that, she says, the grain that by dying will give birth a hundredfold. Isn't that interesting? She precedes that, that you have to die, what, to this life as we live it now, but it's going to give birth a hundredfold. And if you don't, she follows the sentence, I do not desire for you, dear children, to have to repent for everything that you could have done and did not want to. You're going to be in limitations. You're going to be repenting because you did step into the new life when you had the opportunity to do that. And she has repeatedly told us what she said, March 21st, 1985, listen to my messages. Listening requires acting. Acting comes into a physical move into a new life. We're not talking about just going to prayer at church and Eucharistic adoration. We're talking about something far more than that. That's necessary, and that gives you the strength to step out in the new frontier, the new adventure. We do this in the community of Caritas. That's why people come here to see it. We're a prototype. We're very confident of that. We're not perfect, and we're not even where we need to be. Because it takes a lot to live in this culture differently and establish a new way of life. It doesn't just fall out of the sky. It's just not a book that can be read. You have to live, sacrifice, prayer, fast, and all these ingredients to make this big cake of a new life that I'm speaking about. As many of you know, I know Maria very well. I know her husband very well, Paulo. Her, his father, his name was Dino. His mother's name Millie. Uh, going to Italy, I always see them. And we are well known together for 30 years, actually, from when, the time Maria was here in December of 1988. But two years ago, Dino fell and he broke his hip. He never recovered from that. And so he was bedridden in the hospital. And as he got closer to his death, as he was falling toward unconsciousness, he had prayed through the years the rosary so much that it parallels that so many people are playing their games and punching their cell phones constantly. It's a habit that's ingrained in their heart and it's taken over their whole soul. It doesn't give them time to pray nor reflect on what they're doing with their life. So China steps in and does what they do, but Dino does what he does. So Maria tell me, as he did fall in this unconsciousness and going in and out, he did not have a rosary in his hand. But his thumb, his hands, just like these people on their cell phones and what they're doing, was moving each bead with the rosary within his hand. And his thumb would gently, after a Hail Mary, push the invisible bead across his index finger. And he did that to death. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Your hands are important. What are you doing throughout the day with your hands? What are your children doing? Our says, give me your extended hands. And I'd like to give her a wonderful message about hands and what she wants to do with your hands. She don't want them to be occupied with what's been taking place now at this moment. March 18, 2008, she says, Today, I extend my hands towards you. Do not be afraid to accept them. What is them? Her hands. Then she says, they, referring to her two hands, they desire to give you love and peace 
and to help you in salvation. That's amazing statements. Her hands desire that. And then she says, therefore, my children, receive them. What is them? Her two hands. Then she says, fill my heart with joy, and I will lead you towards holiness. How? The way in which I lead you is difficult and full of temptations and falls. When you start following Our Lady, Satan's going to be after you. And you're going to have temptations, difficulties, and falls. So what will she be doing in response to that? I will be with you, and my hands will hold you. Wow. Through your difficulties, through your temptations, through your even falling, she says, my hands are going to be holding you. So she continues, be persevering so that at the end of the way, we can all together enjoy and love hold the hands of my son. Come with me, fear not. People are fear to take their children's cell phones away. Their hands are occupied with this. They're not storing up any wealth of memories. And think about that statement, what I just said. They've been cheated out of this childhood. So many things they could have been doing that you who are older contemplate your childhood or teenage years that wouldn't have happened if you're occupied with these electronics. We've got something more than a cancer. We've got a death sentence because this is going to die anyway. It was once said concerning mental pictures, and these are things stored in our hearts that in our daily life we run across, but it's being eliminated to large portions of civilizations across the world today. Quote, one of the most practical things a man can do with his holidays and leisure time is to store his mind with pictures of beauty and truth. By disseminating thought, conversation, observation, he may lay up hidden sources of strength and grace. And that's why men and youth are weak today. And that's where we are. Our Lady has come to save you, to change you, to do something different with you. But you have to take her hands. You'll never regret it. It won't be easy. It'll be difficult. But it's everything we could ever dream of. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje.
These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.